Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Primal Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, and anti-aging supplement, available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, L. Russ. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have Craig Ballantyne. He is a fitness and personal development guru from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and the author of The Perfect Day Formula, How to Own the Day and Control Your Life. You can also find more about him at earlytorise.com, a website for health, wealth, and a life well-lived. Welcome to the show, Craig. How are you? Very good. Thank you, Elle. So I really liked your book, The Perfect Day Formula. It is really interesting. You not only touch on, you know, we often have a lot of people on the show that are into a specific area of health or fitness or wrote a diet book. And this book is really interesting because, yes, you touch on nuances behind food choices and sleep patterns, but there's a really, it, it for me, it was more of a philosophical endeavor and really an encouraging just piece of like, take your life by the horns and like achieve your dreams. And I felt it was so inspiring. I loved it. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So tell us a little bit before we get into some of the details of your book and secrets to success and some of the things that you feel are important to living a great life. Tell us a little bit about where you came from. I know you had some obstacles in your life that you had to overcome. And, you know, you've been a fitness trainer to Hollywood celebrities. You know, you've been a contributor to a lot of magazines. There's so many things you've done in, in this realm. And, you know, even though this might be more of a personal development book, how'd you get here? Right. So I started writing for Men's Health in 2000, and I started selling a program called Turbulence Training online around the same time, a very short workouts. And I did that for quite a long time till about uh, 2006, doing nothing but the fitness. And that's when I had some anxiety issues, which um, I got through with the help of the, the rules and the five pillars of success that we talk about in the book and we can talk about today. And then I got a business coach, which really helped me succeed a lot faster. So just showing the proof of having professional accountability, which is one of the five pillars of success. And then I ventured into personal development because that was something that I always wanted to help people with. And I know that, and you know that, and, and all the listeners know that too, that, you know, health is really a holistic approach to living. And it's not just about, you know, a type of workout. It's not just about a, a type of nutrition. It's about a lot more than that. And so I decided to uh, get into designing uh, my life. And also I was running transformation contests, which is where I realized that the people who won my contests and won my money for their before and afters all had these five pillars of success in place. And that was uh, the second component that came into uh, the perfect day formula. And then I learned about creating a vision for your life, which was the third component to go along with the pillars and the rules. And it all kind of came together. And so I find myself now running uh, a business that actually based in Denver. I still live in Toronto, but I'm in the office in Denver today. And we have a team here and we uh, help people in all walks of life transform their lives, which is really what the book is about. Right. And I want to get into, um, well, first of all, I mean, tell us what, 
what do you what do you mean when you say create rules for your life? You know, people think rules, right? And they're like, ah, you know, and so get into that a little bit and then we'll get into the pillars and other stuff. Right. So rules for your life are actually pretty simple because everyone follows them. I mean, for anybody, anybody listening who might possibly follow the Ten Commandments, say, or stops at a red light, you have rules in your life that you follow. And the reason that we have rules is so that we have structure in their li- in our lives, because otherwise, if we didn't have structure, it'd be chaos. Imagine there was no traffic lights and no one followed traffic rules. It'd be terrible. Um, it, and life could not go on that way. And so very similar to that, especially in the primal world, in the paleo world, there's rules to the diet. You don't eat whole wheat bread. And so that is a simple rule or a great example of applying rules to your life. And what rules do, you know, the rules for your life, the rules of what time you go to bed and what time you get up and what you focus on first thing in the morning and what nutrition program you follow and uh, the rules for the way that you act and uh, what you do and don't do, um, just set these boundaries for you. And they also reduce the amount of willpower required to get through a day. And you've probably heard that uh, willpower is a diminishing supply, kind of like energy or muscle strength. And if you have to have willpower in every decision you make, you run out of it. And that's why people eat chocolate cake at night when they don't eat it at lunch. It's easier to say no at lunch because they have willpower. But if you have a rule that says, I only eat chocolate cake on Friday evenings, then it's very easy for you to say on Tuesday when someone puts it in front of you, no, I don't eat uh, chocolate cake until Friday night. That's my reward night. And, uh, you know, there's no stress on you. And so the rules are just the boundaries. And we all have rules that we follow. Um, You know, most people would open a door for someone. That's a rule that you have. And you don't necessarily write them all down, but you have them in your head. And there's, I recommend in the book that people come up with five, six, 10, or 12 rules that really dictate their lives and what type of person they're going to be and how they're going to act. And therefore, it makes so much of the rest of their life easier. And on that note, and you talk about details about the rules of your life, and one of the things you get right into at the beginning of the book, which I am a fan of, and talk a little bit about it, what you have to say about mornings. You know, I really like what you have to say about that. Can you share that with the audience? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the early morning. And most importantly, once you get up, no matter what time you get up, that you focus on your number one priority first thing in the morning. And one thing that I got taught by one of my mentors that I bought my early to rise business from was going to bed and getting up at the same time seven days per week. And that doesn't sound like a lot of uh, fun. And I ignored it when I was in my late 20s and early 30s. But when I finally did it, it made the biggest difference in my life in terms of having steady energy all day long, not being tired at two o'clock and not being tired on Monday mornings and not, you know, being normal again until Wednesday because I slept in on Saturday and Sunday morning. And so that's really, really important. And when you do that and you get up a little bit earlier, I recommend that no matter what time somebody's getting up right now, they get up 15 minutes early because if you get up 15 minutes early before anybody else does, you have 15 minutes to sit there and think and work on your number one priority before anybody else gets in your way. And just those 15 minutes, it doesn't sound like a lot of time, but over a course of the year, it's many, many hours. And if you're spending that on the number one priority in your life, whether it's getting out of debt or losing weight or getting back in shape or just you know improving your family relationships, it's going to make a huge difference. And so that's pretty much the most important aspects of the morning to me. 
Yeah. And I also like how you touched on the fact that, you know, you, when you're accomplishing things in the first half of the day, sort of the continued imprint you're making upon yourself of accomplishment and being able to move forward with even more accomplishments, you know, as the day goes on, there's something to that. I absolutely agree with that. And I like your whole discussion on that. Is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, there's a, there's some research that shows that employees are motivated when they see progress at work. So if you have a team or if you're part of a team and you're struggling with something and you didn't make any progress today and you didn't make any progress last week, that's when worker morale really drops. And so we can apply that to our life too, that if you get up first thing in the morning and you make, you know, even 10 or 15 minutes of progress on, you know, some project that you're working on, your day has been a success and, you know, even if you get not too much else done over the course of the day at five o'clock, you can still feel like, hey, at least I made progress on that. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow with momentum and a positive attitude. And also, it just goes in with the same uh, sort of mindset of, you know, if you start the day with a good breakfast, you're going to be on that momentum roll. You're going to be saying, well, I had a good breakfast today. I don't want to ruin it by having a bad lunch. And if I had a good lunch, then I don't want to ruin it by having a bad dinner. And so you can really just, you know, apply that analogy to, the same thing with working on your priority first thing in the morning, you know, knocking a few thing off, few things off your to-do list before the chaos of the world uh, gets down on you in, in, in the afternoon and all those emergencies come running your way. I really love, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing that stands out for me, a theme that's not necessarily totally new in the world, but one that I absolutely subscribe to is, you know, everything happens to us, good and bad. It's our personal responsibility. No one else to blame. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because you impress upon that a lot in your book. I really love, you know, your quoting Napoleon Hill on some things. And, you know, that's uh, another wonderful author that everybody should be in tune with. But I really love personal responsibility in, in almost every area that you can possibly imagine, even when you don't think you can actually accept it. So can you touch on that a little bit? And yeah, and you make a, a made a great point right off the bat when you said it was a, a bit of a philosophical book, and it's actually based on Stoic philosophy. And a, a philosopher named Epictetus is where mm-hmm. I really built the uh, <laughs> ancient ancient Greek philosopher. Yeah, absolutely. And I really built the foundation of the book around three things that he said. He said, um, "Control what you can, cope with what you can't, and concentrate on what counts." And you can control your thoughts, words, and deeds, and that's pretty much all we can control. I mean. I can't control if, uh, you know, my business partner's having a bad day and he's in a bad mood. You know, people can't control if their boss is in a bad mood. We can't control if it's going to rain. All we can control is how we react and respond That's right. and how we interpret the events around us. And it's a bit of a different approach. Um, you know, most people don't think about life that way, but that's the personal responsibility aspect of it. Um, you know, you control what time you get out of bed. Nobody else does. I mean, the, somebody else's alarm might go off. But at the end of the day, it's, or the start of the day, it's really your responsibility for dragging your butt out of bed. And so it really applies to everything. It's, um, you know, the people that we hang around are the people that we've brought into our lives and, you know, where we live and what's on our desk and what do we take for lunch. Everything is our personal responsibility. Showing up on time or showing up late, it comes down to our behavior. Yeah, I had a person uh, recently, I heard someone say, they're like, that person made me feel so bad about myself. And I said, no, 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 you allowed that person's opinion to change how you feel about yourself. <laughs> they, they didn't make you feel bad. You made yourself feel bad. I mean, there's, there's even personal responsibility on these subtle levels, you know, everyone listening. And so I challenge everyone to look up Napoleon Hill, read your book, and get into some of this philosophy because it, it's an amazing life beyond that. And I, I, at least for me, it has been ever since I 
tapped into power of subconscious mind and signs of mind and law of attraction and all the, those things. And you talk about that too in your book. Um, I really like this other one because this is one that's so applicable to our times right now with technology. You impress, you do not engage in confrontations with anyone in person or online. Can you get into that a little bit? Because I think a lot of people need to hear that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not our listeners necessarily, but you know what I mean? Just everybody, even myself. You got to be careful of comments on the internet and things that are posted. And and there's a lot of more avenues for, for confrontation, right? Yeah. And when I was younger and starting the online business, I would get a lot of emails from all types of people who um, you know didn't like me and said bad things about me. And and it's so easy for people to do that online um, because they're anonymous in most cases on blogs. You can comment. You don't have, you know, nobody knows who you are. And it's really easy for someone to fire back uh, an insult back and, you know, get in these war of words. But there really should be no uh, war of words like that with the Internet because you, you, when you have to type it all out and then you have to hit send. And so I just encourage people, you know, count to five or count to ten before you hit send. And that way you won't get into these arguments. And I learned the hard way, you know, several years ago when I was just getting my businesses started and, and I was dealing with that criticism. And then I, I, one day I, I was so upset that I just decided I'm going to leave my office and go for a walk around outside. And I realized that no matter how many people didn't like me on the Internet, no one was throwing stones at me as I walked around the streets of Toronto. <laughs> That's and, good. And it's a perspective thing. Yeah. And, um, and once I got that perspective, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with these strangers who I would probably, you know, if I was in an elevator with them, they wouldn't be yelling at me. They're just yelling at me because it's, you know, there's no risk to them to yell at me online. And so when I realized that perspective, I, I kind of chilled out a bit and I realized there's no reason to argue um, online. If I've done something wrong, uh, if I, you know, made a mistake in my science uh, and somebody points it out to me, I'll apologize and I'll move on. But there's no point in arguing with people, calling people names. Um, and if people want to argue with me, I just say, sorry, and, and I move on and I get uh, into a more positive environment. I love it. Um, I also like one of the things you said about don't let information gathering become a procrastination. And I think that's, I've seen that. In, in people who are trying to achieve a goal, whether it be career or otherwise, and they're spending a lot of time in the information gathering and not a lot of time just jumping and taking action and getting right into it. You know, I mean, and maybe there's a deeper meaning for you too, but I, I, I kind of took it in that way because I've seen it in that way. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I coach a lot of people in the business as well, like people that want to do what I do with a, an online business. And you know, it's, I love books and I love recommending books to people, but at some point I realized I recommend too many books to people because all they do is read the next book and they don't apply what they learned in the last one. And so, you know, it's just people fill out whiteboards and they, you know, fill out planning and you can really plan yourself into procrastination. And, and as much as I believe in planning, you got to uh, draw a line somewhere. And so it's, you know, don't let the information gathering get in the way of the action taking. You know, if, if you've read one diet and it sounds decent to you, give it a try for four weeks. Don't, you know, read another diet book and then say, well, I'm going to decide whether or not, you know, between this two, oh, uh, there's another diet book out. I'm going to go read it first. You have to take the action. Um, you have to. You can learn only so much uh, by reading and you eventually have to do it. And, you know, there's an old, old line about you can read as much as you want about a golf swing, but eventually you have to go and swing the club. 
Right. <laughs> ah, the old golf references coming in. Maybe we can come up with some more sports ones later. <laughs> that would be great. Um, what about? I, uh, let's go through. Run us through the five pillars of success, and then I have a few more things I'd love to bring up that I, I really loved about your book. But what are the five pillars of success according to you? And um, can you break it down for us? Yeah. So the five pillars of success came from people that won my transformation contest, and I noticed that. Every single winner, and we have four different categories, and we've ran 25 contests now, they all had these. And if one was missing, then you know, a person might end up in second, third, or not even you know, placed in the top 10, or they might not finish it at all. And it's, they didn't have all five of these. So it's planning and preparation. It's uh, professional accountability, and it needs to be professional accountability. So the professional accountability is a coach. And uh, research from Stanford University found that when people were trying to lose weight, if they were accountable to a professional like a doctor, nurse, or trainer, they would get better results than if they were uh, accountable to just a friend. But friends are really important, positive people. That's the third pillar, which is social support. And I call these your cheerleaders. So social support is a cheerleader, someone who's always going to be going, yeah, you can do it. Whereas your professional accountability coach is going to be calling you out and say, hey, you didn't uh, you know, update me today, or you didn't do this right, or you didn't do that right. And they're going to be giving you instruction. So there's a little bit of difference between those two pillars. Now, the fourth pillar is having a meaningful incentive because it needs to be meaningful, meaningful to you. So some people might say, I want to lose 20 pounds um, and then go buy these jeans. And that's nice. And that might be meaningful to a few people, but it's not meaningful enough uh, to most people. What meaningful is, is I want to lose 20 pounds so that my husband and wife, you know, looks at me and thinks I'm sexy again, or that I have energy for my kids so that, you know, I'm healthy and I see them grow up. Now that's meaningful. And so whatever your goal is, your incentive needs to be meaningful to you. And then finally, the fifth one, which is actually the most important of the five pillars is the big deadline. Because if you don't have a deadline for your action, um, it you don't have the inspiration and the fire uh, to go and do the things you need to do. Otherwise, you know, it just expands forever and ever and ever to uh, get done your project. So those are the five. Planning, professional accountability, social support, a meaningful incentive, and a big deadline. Yeah, and you go into details about all of this in your book. I, I would love to touch on, I just really like this, the three most important things we can do for one another, you said, are live by example, add value, and give love. Yeah. So I've learned this over time, um, you know, running a business and being a health and fitness expert, but mostly in my personal life. So you, when I was early 20s, I was a lot healthier than most of my friends. Now, I was still unhealthy in, in many ways, but, you know, they would be, you know, pizza and burgers and I would try and have something a little healthier. And then I realized, you know, once we were all done college that a couple guys they lost weight and they got in shape. And it was really surprising because I never would have thought that they would have done it. And it was all just because, wasn't all just because, but it was partly because of them just seeing me live by example. And so in the book, I talk about how I get up really, really early. And I don't expect people to get up at the same time of day that I do. But if I'm- Which is 4 a.m. Yes, for the people in the audience. <laughs> yeah, man, and I love that magic hour when uh, you know there's nobody else up and I feel like there's more energy for me to use in my writing. But I don't expect I people to get up at that time. But- I, I hope that by them seeing my example of discipline and getting up early and doing these things, that will encourage them to just push themselves a little bit harder. I love it. I love it. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. I love the getting up early. So you go to bed at pretty much 8, 8.30 every night. You're up at four. I feel like some of those morning hours are some of the best times to work and write. Um, so I agree with you on that. It's hard for people to do it that early, but sometimes it happens naturally and it's fun. I actually was up early the other morning and naturally just went to bed early and sent off a couple emails. And then <laughs> someone said, what are you doing <laughs> so early? Oh my God. And I was like, actually, it's not a bad thing. It was, it was kind of fun. It, I have fun with that sometimes. Yeah, I find it uh, almost spiritual to be up, uh, you know, early mornings. And I, I meditate with the sunrise as often as I can, depending on where I am. And it's just, it, I, I just like the quiet time. So for me, it, it's really perfect. Nice. I want to I kind of get in a chat with you about another thing you mentioned, a little quote from your book, everyone wins when you become a mentor. And I really like this, and I want to just have an uh, even deeper conversation on it because I, I really firmly believe in helping others win. You know, not only do you win, but it's just, I don't know, I've always been that way. I don't ever compete against anyone else. I love helping others, even if it's in with my same career, which most people will not do because they have fear of there not being enough for everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I really love how this is not just about helping people, but it, it, it also is for, you know, having faith in the fact that. It's not about against anyone else, you know, helping people win is a win for everybody. And I, I wish I could encourage more people to do that, to be more helpful to others, even if it's in with their own career, you know, something that they're trying to achieve without having a jealousy or competitive element, you know, and this would probably go back to some of Napoleon Hill's teachings and the other stuff you and I have probably both read. Um, but can you, can you give your opinion on that? Yeah, there's two aspects to it. And, you know, first of all, the most successful people I know are the most connected people I know. And, and you're not going to be a connected person unless you're adding value and giving and connecting other people. And one thing that happened to me early in life was I had a bit of a, a when I was working for other people, I had a, a lost job and I was really frustrated. And if it wasn't for my network of people that I had been helping all along, I wouldn't have bounced back and gotten on my feet as quickly as possible. So when you're out giving and helping and other people and you know growing your network in your career and community, you're always going to have that safety net of other people looking out for you. And then another aspect of it is there's an old phrase that the teacher learns more than the student. And I really believe that as I became a trainer and as I became a, a speaker, I only got better by doing, but also by teaching what what I, you know, what I was trying to learn at the same time. And it makes you under, you know, have to understand things better in order to break it down and explain it to people. And so you get as much value when you're teaching as the student does from learning from you. And I learned that from experience and then realized that so many other people, including, you know, philosophers 2000 years ago had said that, and it really hit home and I really believe it. And that's why I encourage people to, to speak and teach and mentor anybody that, uh, you know, give them a hand up. Yeah, no, I love that, that your book's great. And it's so it's, it's very concise and practical and clear and, and really, you know, gives an organized way of like, oh my gosh, I can do this. You know, some books on these subjects are very theoretical and that's wonderful. I can talk philosophy all day. I have a degree in it, but I also want to have practical advice on like, what do I do? You know, so it's cool that you share what you do, but you're also providing a very structural organized way of someone else to adopt this and, you know, have a perfect day. Um, I think it's really great. Uh, talk, let's talk a little bit about your earlytorise.com website and, and what we can find there. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the, the website in the business was started over 15 years ago by one of my mentors, a guy named Mark Ford. And 
it is essays and essays and essays of uh, personal development and business building and health and wealth and all this great stuff. And I bought the business from him in 2011. And you mentioned law of attraction before. I've actually had my own actual law of attraction moment that uh, I'll just share quickly. Love, so in love yeah. So in 2006, I hired a business coach. And on the very first call, the very first question he said to me, you know, Craig, you're running this fitness business right now. What do you want to have your business look like in five years? And I said, well, I'd love to own a business like early to rise.com. And he knew what it was and I knew what it was. I've been following it for years. And that was 2006. And then five years, three months and 17 days uh, after that call, I actually bought early to rise from uh, this gentleman, Mark Ford. And I did it through what I called the law of action attraction. So I put it out there to the universe and I went and did all these things. I started writing articles that, you know, belonged on the website and I met all these people that knew the owner. And then one day my business partner now, he was at uh, a seminar with uh, Mark Ford who owned Early to Rise and Mark Ford said, well, I'm thinking of, you know, uh, selling the website. And my business partner said, hey, I know a guy who wants it, who would love to run it. And that's how the deal came to be. And so that was my own. That's great. Yeah, having a, a real strong vision for my future and sharing it with positive people and taking action and getting accountability and all the uh, the pillars that I talk about actually came to being. So it's like the the scene in the the secret where John Asaroff talks about you know how he actually lived in the house that he once had on his vision board. And I thought that was kind of hokey when I first saw it, and then you know a couple of years after that, I actually had my own law of attraction vision moment, and so. Now yeah, pretty- I, and actually on that note, because that's a, a big one in that movie where people are like, how did he not know he was living in that house? And actually what it was, because uh, what he clarified later was the photo on the vision board had been like an aerial view. It was an aerial photo. So it didn't connect the dots from the photos and things he had seen it before he purchased it and when he was in it. It just didn't equate the visual. You know what I mean? I really um, shared that because I had long thought, well, how did he not know that? So thank yeah. you. No. <laughs> for everybody that has seen that um so what what do you have right now aside from this book what's your next thing what are you what are you really into right now my next book which is a really big extension of the five pillars section so i'm not really sure what i might call it but it's really about how to change and so everything in my business from the personal development to the fitness stuff it's all about transformation people changing in one way or another And my big goal in my business is to help 10 million people transform their lives physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially by the year 2020. And so we have a couple hundred thousand people on our Facebook pages and we have tons of transformations, uh, you know, before and after photos. Um, But I want to write this next book about how to change, how to become your best and stay your best. And so that's what I'm focusing on for the rest of the year. And I'm really excited about it because... I just like seeing people uh, reach their feet full potential, I guess you would say. Well, and, and, and you know what? That goal will realize itself because I noticed that you declared it almost like an affirmation in this book. You're like, I will reach over 10 million. And you know what? You will. You're declaring it. You will. You totally will. I yeah. love that. One thing I just want to say about that, Elle, is when you find good people and you tell them what you want to accomplish – they will go out of their way to help you. It's really interesting. I've done this a couple times now, and I'm just amazed at how good people are because you see all the negativity in the, in the media, but there really is a lot of great people out there who just will go out of your way to help you when you share with them your goal. 
Yeah. And I also believe too, there's the aspect of, look, if someone's a super negative person and they're always, you know, uh, negating everything, those aren't the people to tell your million dollar dreams to, you know, or, or I think it was even like Steve Harvey or someone who says, I'm like, don't tell your million dollar dreams to hundred dollar people, you know, right. um, and you got to be careful. So, or Mark Allen, one of my favorite teachers talks about like, yeah, be careful who you share some of the stuff with. But when you've got the people in your life that are for you and not jealous or competitive and want you to succeed, you know, yeah, you reach out and you never know someone, uh, there'll be connections that will be opened up for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know Mark Allen. Um, can you tell me what book I should? Oh, well, actually, we should tell everyone about Mark Allen. So Mark Allen, it's M-A-R-C. Mark Allen, and the reason everyone should look into Mark Allen is so you and I, if people are listening right now, will probably say, oh, well, that's really easy for these guys today because they seem like they're pretty type A and organized. And on top of it, which I am, so are you, I can tell. But there are people that are not and they don't, you know, there's a lot of self-development teachers that that are maybe too type A and go, go, go for a lot of other people. And so if you want to, if you want the laziest way to manifest your dreams, you need to read Mark Allen, who is like the self-proclaimed laziest guy in the world, who all he did was use Law of Attraction, and he is now a multi-million dollar publisher. He publishes all of Eckhart Tolle's books, and uh, his uh, publishing partner is Shakti Gawain, who is a uh, old school writer, wrote um, you know Creative Visualization, which is a famous book, and he literally just visualized it, and he did the whole hey, if your life, you know, his big thing, and anyone can YouTube an interview. It's basically like hey, if everything went perfect, like for just dr- dream city what would your life look like five years from now? You know, and then he's a big believer in also writing it out and which you are too. And I like that because when you write it down, you really are impressing the subconscious and that he even talks about like some Japanese billionaire who writes his goals, you know, for an hour every day, just the same ones or, you know, whatever it is over and over. And I do too. And then I highlight when they come true and inevitably they, they really do. Um, and it's pretty amazing. But Mark Allen's great because he wrote a book called Type Z, The Lazy Person's Guide to manifesting wealth and abundance. And it's it's like the super non-type A way to go. So even if someone's out there and they're like, well, but I'm not this go-getter that, you know, wants to do this and that and the other might not resonate with that. I get it. I'm not, I, my personality is not everyone's as well, but there's something to be said about the magic being possible with also not a lot of doing because the doing and the action will show up by just what you're putting out there. And you know what I'm talking about. So I think you'd also really love him because it's sort of the opposite of the kind of people that we are, you know what I mean? In terms of structure and both work. Yeah. Both work. And, and you need to, uh, you know, review those other points of view just to, you know, make you understand if what you're doing is exactly right, but also to like get other ideas from other people. So I look forward to checking it out. Thank you. Yeah, everybody. But, um, I, I really, really love what you have to say. I think everyone needs to read this because it, it's almost like a guide I can see referring to over and over again, like, almost like a, like a rule book in a way. And it's, it's great the way you wrote it too. It's so accessible. But I like your book in that sense. It's because it's going to be one that people are going to reread and reread and keep referring to, you know, versus like, oh, that was a lovely discussion and very nice. Okay, moving on. You know what I mean? I think this is something that people are going to pick up over and over again after they read it, you know, and even when they may have a lapse in, in, in goal setting or some tough times, it's like, okay, how do I get back on the horse? you know, let's pick up, you know, the perfect day formula. So anyway, it's the perfect day formula, how to own the day and control your life. You can go to early to rise.com to find out more about Craig. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience with before we, before we go? I think it's really important to have that vision for your life. And so I, I highly encourage people to know what they want, find out what matters for them and use that as a guiding star for their life. 
How do you, if, if, if we're going to put that in practical terms, how would you tell someone to create a vision? Um, very much like, you know, writing it down from the future. This is the way I want my life to look like. Uh, you know, these are the people I want in my family. This is the uh, home that I want to live, on, uh, live in. So it's like taking a vision board and writing it out, being very clear and specific about the people in your life and the experiences you're having. And then that is the first step. And then you add your rules and you add those pillars of success and the transformation to, to make those changes that you need to achieve those goals. And it really is important to be very clear about what you want, and that'll get you in the right direction. That's great. Thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much, El. Got a passion for Primal? Join Mark Sisson on a mission to save the world. Become a Primal Blueprint certified expert today. With our dollar down payment program, it's easier than ever. Just pay $1 to start and $89 a month for the next 12 months. The Primal Blueprint Expert Certification is the most comprehensive online Primal Paleo certification program of its kind. Explore the fascinating world of ancestral health from the comfort of your own home with this premier multimedia experience. Perfect for health and fitness professionals, as well as individuals looking to up-level their primal practice. Visit primalblueprint.com slash get hyphen certified to put a dollar down today.